Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Want to lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion lights that pilot light under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire. From a single to a multi-unit empire. Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear. It's streaming in HD. So fine tune both of your ears. And standing Paul lays down the law. Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor. It's all about sustainable growth. The sensible franchising. Proving concepts to start enterprises. So use your left and right side of your brain. And absorb this knowledge here of franchising today. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this this franchise today, it is Halloween 2018. I'm reporting live from a very dismal weather in the Woodlands, Texas. And my co-host, Stan Friedman, getting ready to board a plane for the West Coast Franchise Expo right now is in Atlanta. Stan, how are you this morning? Doing great, Paul. Great to be back together after a couple weeks um, not doing live shows for two weeks. It's, I've kind of missed talking to you. I know it seems so long. It's amazing how many um, how many days have gone by. I kept thinking this morning, when was it? Was it three weeks ago, two weeks ago? But, of course, hectic schedules uh, prevail, and it was uh, three weeks ago. We had two great um, replays, and uh, I always love when I look at the amount of on-demand listens that we have during that time where people are actually getting on to – uh, their their iPad or iPhone or, or their laptop and listening in as, as if the show was uh, airing live. It, it, it mm-hmm. just really amazes me, and it, 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 I'm honored that so many people think so much of what we bring to the table every single week. Well, it's not you and me, Paul. It's the great guests that come to the table and, and bring with them the experiences that they've already enjoyed in growing brands and um and i think that you know so many emerging franchisors really benefit tremendously from the value of of guests like we're going to speak today with brian scudamore um you know i think it's great facilitation it's a lot of fun for you and me to open it up and play host but man i love the stories that we hear there's so many things we learn from people who have had success and have had success again and again and so yep it's a ton of fun and then, you know, two weeks ago, what we tried to do, I mean, it was great on paper, trying to go to a live mic <laughs> during, <laughs> during Franchise Leadership and Development Conference. Um, well, you know, apologies to the audience. It was a great idea on paper, but it didn't work. Way too much noise, no, not no, enough internet connection. It was just, it was really rough. No Wi-Fi at that hotel at all, Paul. And then last week was just a, a, a week on the beach, and oh, did that feel good. I've never been to Amelia Island, Florida, and for anyone who hasn't, put it on your bucket list. It's a great place to visit. Well, and you and you had some uh, some changes to your plans because a red tide, hurricane. Uh, so I'm I'm glad you yeah. finally had an opportunity to uh, to chill for a bit. It was nice. It was overdue, and it was, you know, it was just long enough to wish for a second week, but, you know, we know how that goes. Hey, Paul, in front of the house, I just want to touch on something. I've, I've become a very, very fast fan of a lady named Fiona Simpson, who is a Forbes contributor uh, from across the pond, and she's a, she's a person who gave up a legal practice and became a franchisor, and now she's contributing, and I love some of what she writes, and I caught a piece this week in the IFA Smart Brief. Um, and I thought, well, how appropriate to have someone talking about 
the 10 characteristics of a great franchisor the same week as we've got one in Brian Scudamore. But, Paul, guess, just take a guess. What do you think the number one attribute that she lists is for a great franchisor? What do they need to be? Well, well, the first thing I would say, and I know it's not a characteristic or an attribute, is they better have a bucket full of money and do it right. <laughs> well, everybody knows the best way to make a small <laughs> fortune is to start with a larger one. But your passion is number one on passion is number one on her list, and it's followed by some of the most fundamental things that we should all take for granted in franchising. But how can you? We're talking passion, support, communicative honest, the ability to listen, to be adaptable, to value your team, to provide leadership, to maintain the personal touch through all of that growth, and most importantly, remember the need to be collaborative. All of those are just everyday traits that in franchising, they're points of entry, aren't they, Paul? Right along with the money. You know, they, they, they sure are, and I think it's a, an interesting time that you bring this up, Stan, because, you know, next week is the IFA's Emerging uh, Franchise Brands Conference. And, of course, a lot of the things that you uh, that's mentioned in this article are really things that are ultra-important with an emerging brand and dealing with a, uh, uh, a, a new franchise brand. And the CEO and the founder has to definitely um, exhibit a lot of these traits. But, you know, I... Too many brands that have been around for a while don't continue in that regard, and they really should. And um, interestingly enough, and again, not uh, we didn't prepare uh, for this. It's just the way time worked out. You know, I've got a, a regular column now in Franchise Dictionary magazine uh, entitled Franchising 101, and if you look for it uh, in your email box, and if you, you don't yet subscribe, go to FranchiseDictionaryMagazine.com. And I have an article on the difference between emerging brands and legacy brands, and I think you'll find that pretty interesting. Well, it's great stuff, Paul, and I know that our guest today represents everything that we're talking about in the culture of his business. So I think with no further ado, um, you ought to bring Brian on. Yeah, absolutely. For our audience that doesn't know, Brian Scudamore is the founder and CEO of O2E Brands and a serial entrepreneur known for pioneering the professional junk hauling industry with 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Since conquering that market, Brian has gone on to apply the O2E, which is the ordinary to exceptional formula, to the painting, moving, and home detailing industry with Wow One Day Painting, You Move Me, and Shackshine. Brian, welcome to Franchise Today. Guys, thanks for having me. Uh, always, always enjoy talking about franchising and talking about the journey, and especially with two guys like you who clearly have so much passion for the industry. So thank you. Well, thank you. Those are very kind words, and uh, I probably have to apologize nine years on the air, and we're just getting to you. But I think we're, we're saving the best for, the, for, for, for last, so to speak. So um, we really appreciate you being with us today, and you certainly have you been can't... on a tear, and we're going to talk about some of the, uh, the things that you've done. But what I'd like to do is to kind of give the audience um, a glimpse into, you know, how franchising found you. Take us back as far as you'd like, because uh, we don't wake up one day and say, you know, I think franchising – might be right for me. I'll do that today. It's not something we do. It usually finds us. So take us back. Roll back the clock. Yeah, good question. I remember as a kid, I was one of those kids that always had my birthdays at McDonald's and was a big fan of what McDonald's did in terms of marketing. Now, I know most kids don't get excited about marketing, but somehow the brand connected with me. And Ray Kroc, who I ended up reading about years later, I was a fan of his model. I was a fan of having people who had skin in the game, who you were building something bigger and better together with. I, I love the fact, I, I love entrepreneurism. My grandparents had an army surplus store in San Francisco. It was a small business. I would go work there every summer, every Christmas break, and loved being a part of playing the game of business. But what I love about franchising, even more than just a small business, 
is you get to build a brand together. If I look at everybody that's been a part of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, you've got these great minds, these brilliant people who are not competing with each other, who are willing to support each other and help build something um, pretty special. So franchising kind of found me just in the sense that there was a spark there from Ray Kroc. I, I never met Ray, but I remember just going, this is a cool business and uh, it's a cool business model and something I could see myself doing down the road. So um, interesting. There's not many that have been on the air that have talked about, you know, being a student, so to speak, of franchising uh, at such an early time in, in their life. And, and certainly it was very much uh, impactful on you. So as you started a business, did you think that um, that business would be a franchisable business from the, uh, from the start? Well, let me tell you how I started. So I was a high school dropout, still am. <laughs> I was a high school dropout who was looking to find a way to pay for college. All my friends were going to college I didn't have the diploma from 12th grade, so I had to find a way to talk my way in to university. I did that, and then I thought, oh, no, how am I going to pay for this? My parents wouldn't lend me any money. So there I was in a McDonald's drive-thru, sort of serendipitous there, but I was in a McDonald's drive-thru, saw this beat-up old pickup truck in front of me with plywood sides. The truck was filled with junk. And I looked at that truck, and I said, I'm going to go buy a truck and start the same business as this guy, Mark's Holland. So within a week, I had spent $700 on a pickup truck, a few hundred dollars on flyers and business cards, and had a company called The Rubbish Boys. It was really just me, but had a vision for something bigger, and really it was just meant to pay for college. But it's interesting. As I started to build the business, I eventually dropped out of college because I was learning much more about running a business, about business by running a business versus studying in school, and I approached my dad, who's a liver transplant surgeon and has done a lot of post-secondary education. And I said, I got some good news for you. And I told him to sit down and told him I was dropping out of college to become a full-time time junk man. And he told me he failed to see how that was good news. He was probably right. But I started to build out this business. And uh, I remember we had a big media hit. We were on the local news station. After I dropped out, I'd gone after some press. And it's funny watching this 20 plus years later, the very end of this clip, my truck's driving off into the sunset and they said, so what's next? And I said, I don't know, maybe I'll franchise the business. And that was 1991, two years into creating this small business with one truck. And I think somehow again, franchising found me and maybe it was a little destiny. I don't know who is destined to be a, a junk man as a kid and franchise it, but if there was anyone, it's me. You know, it's interesting. I find some common denominator with you that I aspire to knowing that there are others who can be ADHD. There are others who can have degrees in life experience, not necessarily from Ivy League colleges, that can go on and grow on as you have. So passion that we just talked about on that number one attribute on the list of qualities that a successful franchisor must have um, Passion number one, tenacity number two. You faced some things in the early days with 1-800-GOT-JUNK that might have cratered uh, a weaker person when you've got a, an entire home office staff that you kind of replaced. Um, walk us through what happened there and, and the learnings that came from the experience of not having alignment and culture um, in alignment with the people that support the brand. It's interesting. So I'll, I'll tie it into, I, I just wrote a book that goes live on Amazon uh, next week, and it's called WTF, which actually stands for Willing to Fail. And why I highlight that book is I remember after I wrote the book, the title then came to me because I said, you know, I'm, I've written a story here about so many mistakes and lessons learned from those mistakes that I realized in my 29 years of business experience how important failure has been to me. Failure has been my friend. And if I could inspire mm -hmm. anyone with that WTF book, it's that failure needs to be your friend. You've got to learn from these mistakes. So you highlighted one, 1994, five years into the business, I'm a half a million in revenue. I've got five trucks going and I bring in my entire team of 11 people and I let them all go. I fired 11 people at once in one meeting. 
And I did it in a way with a heart. I, I felt bad about it. But I said, guys, I've let you down as your leader. I haven't given you the love and the support that you needed to be successful. I might not have hired the right people. I certainly didn't train you and give you the tools you needed to be successful. And the only way I knew was to part ways. So one bad apple spoils a whole bunch. I had a lot of potentially rotten apples, uh, a rotten leader and myself, and it was time for a fresh start. So that mistake could have and should have brought most people down. You go from half a million and five trucks to, to nobody able to even service the junk uh, removal jobs except myself. It was overwhelming to say the least, but it got me on the right track of going, you know what, if I'm going to rebuild, I am going to make sure my company is all about people, finding the right people and treating them right. And it was a monumental turning point, uh, a point of failure that turned into a silver lining for myself and my business. So we're going to talk later in the program about some of the lessons that you've taken and how your business has continued to grow through multiple brands because of a separation of needs and requirements from different skill sets and different people to, to round out a team. But I think something that you've demonstrated very early on that's helped you get to the place that you are today is how important culture is, that it's not just the secret sauce of the brand. It's the secret sauce of the corporate culture and having like-minded people that share vision, values, and ethics. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I think culture is everything. If I look at companies that I admire, one that I've always admired, especially for their longevity and having a great culture and making a great difference in the world is Starbucks. I got a Starbucks in front of me, in fact. And what I love about Howard Schultz and what he's built, and I got to meet him several times over the years, is that he said he was going to take this, this third place. He was going to take a place away from work, away from home, where people would gather and feel a sense of community. You can't have that sense of community and that energy if you don't have great people working the, the coffee machines. He had these baristas who each and every time, it happened to me this morning, they smile, they're happy, they're positive. And I find that culture says something about a leader and it says something about the way people are treated within that business. Uh, so Starbucks does a great job of culture. I like to think we do a great job of culture. We have an open office environment, about 500 plus people in the head office, no desks, uh, no, uh, no desks, no uh, private offices, all out in the open, not, you know, not an office for myself or our president. And we believe in this energy and the working together and feeding off of each other. And I think a company has to decide what culture is important to them and be incredibly consistent as they build out that culture. And I'm blown away when I go visit a franchise owner and that I see how closely aligned their culture is with us. It's not identical, but they've got the same values. We've been careful in recruiting our franchise owners in 1-800-GOT-JUNK, Shine. It doesn't matter what the brand is. They each have their own unique culture with a, a shared sense of optimism and passion and it's it's phenomenal to see it uh, come to life. Yeah, and certainly uh, kudos to you, you know, because the, the industries or the industry segments that you've built businesses in and around, I wouldn't and most wouldn't even suggest that they're um, very glitzy industries. I mean, we're talking about painting, we're talking about moving, we're talking about junk removal. And you've made it in such a way where it doesn't matter and people have pride in what they do. And, of course, you've taken it to a level where it's created a positively memorable experience for customers alike and the reason why you're able to grow. But, you know, in addition to culture, and I guess it could be part of the culture too, you know, looking at the different businesses, I'm assuming there's a similar process that you've just replicated from one business uh, to the other, and it's probably another foundational component of the, uh, of the success formula. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, we're big into people don't fail, systems do. How do we systematize every form of success, everything we do in our business, whether it be culture and how to replicate that in someone's own operation, or whether it be how we serve customers? 
every single thing we've done. And it was inspired by Michael Gerber, who wrote The E-Myth Revisited. Michael's since become a great friend. And at 82 years old today, he's still preaching systems. And I think The E-Myth has changed my life and my business and many others. So how we replicate and build things out is we try and do as much as we can. And I think franchising depends on this model is a one size fits all. We will get franchise owners that will come to us and say, you know, it's, it's not called junk removal in this, in our state, it's called rubbish removal. And, you know, people don't have this kind of junk. They've got that kind of junk. We try and have a consistent, again, like Starbucks, a uniformed experience that's done the same way everywhere. And part of that sameness is trying to have the same type of culture, is having people who follow, you don't want it to be formulaic and feel like there's not life behind it, but it's having enough of a consistency that when someone uses 1-800-GOT-JUNK in San Francisco and then they end up moving to Austin, Texas, and they go, oh, there's a 1-800-GOT-JUNK truck and it's clean, it's shiny, they've got friendly uniform drivers and they call us up and they get the same consistent experience. It's why many of you know, us on this call and, and your, your listeners, I'm sure, use companies like Starbucks and Google and FedEx. No matter where we connect with those brands, we're getting the same consistent service, and that's what we're trying to, to replicate. And certainly the, uh, the, the initial name, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and it was a question, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, it was interesting, you know, looking back because the 800 number was very big back then. And I was just sitting here saying, I wonder what it'd be today. Would it have been, you know, hashtag got junk? And, of course, you know, just my mind <laughs> races when I think about creative naming sure. of brands. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, uh, obviously the 800 number isn't as uh, popular today, but certainly the brand is. And, and it resonates, and it resonates uh, very well. Stan, did you have a, another question? <laughs> oh, I'm just, chuckling on that. <laughs> no, I was chuckling on how an 800 number today would be a domain name or, as you say, a hashtag. Um, yeah, hashtag but I think, what, <laughs> I think what Brian, what yeah. Brian has really brought home for me is, and I'm going to ask you to tell us a story about Dave Nante. Is that the, way, the mm-hmm. proper pronunciation of his name? Dave, um, no, Dave Nante. Yeah, because I remember hearing or reading someplace about how uh, you aren't necessarily out there looking for a brand like Shack Shine, but you found a person in a company who had the same kind of passion that you did that mm-hmm. you found the, the ability for interdependency between the two of you. Talk through that a little bit, because I think that, again, points to how this success that you're having continues to replicate. Yeah, so Dave Nate and I were part of the same organization called EO, the Entrepreneur Organi- Entrepreneurs Organization. Fantastic place for entrepreneurs to connect and learn from each other and their peers. So Dave uh, and I reconnected. 20 years ago, he wanted to buy the 1-800-GOT-JUNK franchise for Vancouver, which was my first location, and I just wasn't ready to sell it to anyone. And uh, so I said no. And 20 years later, I'm looking to get my gutters cleaned, And I I reach out and I ask a bunch of people. I call some companies. Nobody returns my calls. Someone who I met within my company said, oh, I know a guy who's starting a gutter cleaning business called Shackshine. And it happened to have been Dave Nate. So I reached out and they said, yeah, well, happy to come by and do your gutters. And so on the day of doing my gutters, they showed up. I was just leaving my house. And I saw the whole Shackshine team having a a meeting behind their van with Dave Nate there. I was like, wow, this is serious. The owner goes out, has a meeting with his team. They must be really good. Well, it turns out they were having a meeting about how they can't screw that job up because Brian Scudamore owns O2E Brands, and our goal is to have Shackshine be a part of O2E. So they, they had a plan. They had a vision, and they did a great job with the windows and gutters, and Dave got in touch and said, I think we should do something together. And uh, Three years later, the rest's history. We have uh, 35 franchise partners for Shackshine. Things are growing quicker than they did in the early days of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And we are revolutionizing the customer experience in another fragmented mom-and-pop industry. And we wouldn't have met if I hadn't met Dave Nate and uh, had my gutters cleaned. We might only be at three brands instead of four. Brian, I'd love for you to tell tell the audience a little bit about 
how your time is spent and how you have delineated and made certain that your time is available to you to focus and work on branding, vision, and culture while the day-to-day operations of the business are, um, are managed by somebody with equal competencies and skills in a different set of skills and how together the two of you combine to make this possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. We have this model we call two in the box. So Eric Church is our COO, not to be confused with the country star, uh, country uh, music uh, singer, if there's <laughs> any country fans out there. But, but Eric Church and I, it's interesting. We found each other in, a, in an interesting way. I had realized after two COOs and very inexperienced there in terms of success and a failure, I then reached out and said, okay, who's the best COO on the planet for me? If I'm a visionary, I'm a culture guy, I'm ADD, I've got lots of good things, but plenty of bad things uh, about my way of operating, plenty of weaknesses. And I said, okay, who could I find that could be sort of complimentary to me that would come in and and be almost the yin to my yang? And so I painted this little picture. I I call it a, a mini painted picture describing the role and who this person was. And I was so specific in describing this person that when I got it out to my networks, I had three people completely unrelated who had emailed me back and said, wow, the person you describe, I know him. His name is Eric Church. And so I I connected with Eric and realized that here was a guy who was gainfully employed, who was doing great things in the world, but I had been told that he was the guy I described. So as long as I was clear on what I was looking for, he was my guy. Uh, the other interesting thing is years ago, uh, Eric's wife, they were on a beach somewhere, and she said, what do you want to do? Like, what, what's your career vision? And he goes, I want to run a company like 1-800-GOT-JUNK one day. So it's funny <laughs> how those moments can just come together on both sides. And it's been seven years of working together, and we, we love life together. And why it works so powerfully is I'm the visionary, Eric's the implementer. There's plenty of overlap, but for the most part, we get to specialize in areas of our unique abilities, what we love to do, what we're great at. So to your question, how do I spend my day-to-day, if I think of the the last two weeks and the two weeks coming up, it's been a lot of storytelling, things like this, talking on podcasts, doing live interviews, uh, promoting our book, WTF, Willing to Fail, For me, I wrote that book as a chance to inspire others with our story. I don't want to sound like an egomaniac and say my story. I had a hard time writing a book because I didn't want to make it just about me. I play a very tiny role in the success and the vision of what we've built. So getting that WTF philosophy and storytelling out there so that we can inspire the world to build entrepreneurship and and franchising and so on, that's my, uh, my current focus of time and energy. It's no mistake. I mean, I can see it just in looking at how your business, uh, historically, how you're doing what you're doing. Having an Eric Church to be the yin to your yang is no different than what you're asking franchisees to do when they hitch their wagons to your engines, too. It's knowing your role, and it's knowing your strength, and it's bringing others in to interdependently uh, take a brand to a place that it probably never could have gotten to if either or one of the other of you were there without the other to com- to complement what it is that you do. And so you're very fortunate to be leading by example is the way I view it. And, and knowing that an Eric Church is the guy who can get it done on the day-to-day and you can be the founder with the vision and, and the culture piece, you know your roles and you're living the dream and helping others do that with you. You're listening to Franchise Today, now in its ninth year of podcasting. I'm Stan Friedman, and along with co-host Paul Segretto, we're talking today with Brian Scudamore, serial entrepreneur and founder and CEO of O2E Brands, franchisors of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Wow, one day painting, you move me and the Shake Shack. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where Paul Segretto and his team have bringing been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Franchise Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry also provides a hybrid coaching and consulting approach to their clients, delivering more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as their franchisees. Also, 
The Franchise Foundry team is rich in practical hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. What's more, the Foundry team can also assist you with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide all the guidance needed to navigate them. To learn more about Paul Segreto and how the Franchise Foundry can take your brand to the next level, pay them a visit at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today is also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and perspective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages to and from perspective and existing franchisees, including text. Legal and compliance is simplified as well with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including text messages, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost. No excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. Brian, what I really love in everything that I've read and, and of course, heard today, you know, really comes down to uh, simplicity in, in many ways. And it seems like you've really had a knack of focusing on exactly the core of what it was going to take. And I found a great quote from you that um, I, I actually found on Fox News from several years ago. And you were quoted as saying, I made sure every single best practice would fit on a one-page, here's the best practice in the manual. It allowed me to scale and grow my business quickly. What inspired or motivated you really to focus on simplicity and then taking it across multiple brands? Great question. So I... As we talked about earlier, uh, I am ADD to the nines. I mean, I am just off the charts sometimes. It's hard to focus. I will often read emails, and as I'm reading them, deleting chunks of them that I just can't comprehend because there's too much in the, in the text. So I love simplicity. I love taking a system and going, if it's really a best practice and you can't explain it in one page or less, it can't be a best practice. It's too complicated. So we took everything in our business, inspired by, again, Michael Gerber's Enith. We took everything and we said, how do we simplify the processes? How do we document everything we do? How do we load the trucks? How do we price jobs? How do we market the business? How do we grow our people and, and find the right people? What's our recruiting system, our training systems? Every single thing we've tried to put in place, it was about simplify, simplifying down to just the key bullets of what makes us successful, what makes that process incredibly successful. Excellent. Excellent. You know, it's, it's um, very much the norm, it seems, with entrepreneurs with uh, ADD. Um, and, and I heard something you had said about unique abilities, and I just a question I had. Had you ever attended Strategic Coach in Toronto? Well, it's funny. So when I reference unique ability, I am referencing Dan Sullivan. But I got to be honest with you, I'm so ADD that I'm not good at sitting through programs <laughs> like that. So yeah, I often take quite my learning. Yeah, I know it is. And, and I've met Dan, and he, he's phenomenal. And I know plenty yeah, of people that have gone through the back. program. Great people. So, yeah, so I tend to learn from others and ask a lot of questions I buy books. I don't always read them. I am a student of life. I'm always asking questions, but it's funny because sometimes it's like, oh yeah, Brian must be a, a student of this person because he talks about this person so much. Sometimes you can learn just by, by listening and asking questions. You don't even need to have actually sat through a program. 
You know, it's interesting you guys, because um, it, one thing, Stan, I wanted to say, because yeah, go, I think go, go. Brian is spot on on that, you know, because uh, Lee Iacocca, the great entrepreneur and the father of the, the Ford Mustang and eventually the uh, CEO of Chrysler, you know, once said, and I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase, he said, a man is not as smart by what's between his ears as much as he is by what he could put his fingers on. And, of course, he was referring to information and books. And um, I think that's exactly what you were saying as well. 100%. And I think that, you know, everyone has to understand how learning works for them. For some, it's asking questions. I was always a curious kid, and I've been a curious adult. For some, it's reading books. For some, it's, uh, um, you know, shadowing other people. Whatever works, be a student of life and get out there and learn because the learning never stops. I think if the learning stops, that's when you die. You know, that's when you stop growing, you shrink. And so life is all about learning and getting bigger and better and having a better uh, impact on the world. And, yeah, so huge fan. Hey, Brian, I want to leave some time for us to talk about each of the brands and, and how those franchise opportunities are rolling out. But I do want to just touch on one more question that's corporate culture related. Um, I heard or read something about a weekly event that you do called the, or maybe it's a daily event, the, the O to E huddle. Tell us about that. Yeah. So at O to E, we do a daily huddle. We do it at 10:55 AM Pacific every single day. So in a little over an hour, it'll happen again. It is something where if you think of how families now, not every family is traditional. I get this, but the traditional six o'clock at night, sit down with the kids, have dinner together. How was your day? What did you learn? What did you do? This is our family dinner. This is our daily sit down, uh, even though it's a, a stand up, but it's bringing together the entire company from the head office. So you'll get hundreds of people coming into the huddle room and a different person will host each and every day because we're building a company of leaders. We want people to get up on stage and present and share uh, good news and what's working for them and, and get people to, to practice being a leader and practice public speaking. Now, it's a simple format. It's a seven-minute stand-up meeting. If anyone wanted to see how we do it, you just go to Google or YouTube and search O2E Brands Huddle or 1-800-GOT-JUNK-HUDDLE if you wanted to see a really old version. We do it every day. It starts with good news people sharing what's working, where we're having success, could be personal, could be business. We then go into critical numbers. What are our three numbers we're watching each and every day and how are we measuring up? And we go into in the news. Someone from a different department gets up on stage for 90 seconds for a high energy, here's what they're working on and how it relates to the vision of the company. And we do missing systems, what's broken and not working, any opportunities, and then it ends in a cheer. And it's funny because years ago when we started doing Huddle, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago, one of the guys who was running it, his uh, nickname was High Gloss, he said, let's bring it in for the cheer. And he did this kind of football style uh, one word cheer. And I don't even remember what the word was that day, but we always cheer for something. So start with good news, end with a cheer. It's that positive energy that keeps us going. It's a 2% investment of everyone's time in the day but wouldn't change it for the world. So what I'm learning here is, is that no matter which brand a prospective franchisee may be considering, um, they're coming into a culture that's got a grassroots of people caring about people, and no matter which brand, you're, you're going to be supported by a back end and an infrastructure that's all about uh, proper management of expectations first and people and relationships before even the brand. But let's talk about the brands and let's talk about who it is that you're looking for and are these brands offered uh, in similar fashion? Are these single unit operators or are these multi unit operators and are there uh, franchisees in your brands that are crossing over and adding on to their opportunities with others of your brands? Mm -hmm. Yeah, lots of questions there, so let me try and tackle uh, some of them. I, I love entrepreneurship. I love watching people grow. As I said, I love us building something bigger and better together. Who are we looking for? We are looking for, first and foremost, happy people. 
you can't come into this culture and not be an optimist. You can't come in without believing in a vision and wanting to be a part of it. We're not perfect, as we talked about, plenty of mistakes, but willing to learn, willing to grow and be better together. The people that we typically look for across brands, now 1-800-GOT-JUNK has been sold out forever. We're over $300 million in revenue across Canada, the United States, and Australia. But we got into these other brands as ways to continue to keep the entrepreneurial spirit alive and have growth in other industries. The people we would look for, I would call the four H's, happy, hardworking, hungry, and hands-on. We look for people that really get excited about building something, that are hungry to get out there and pound the pavement and work hard, that are starting in the trucks or the vans, whatever the business is, to understand the business, but beyond six months in understanding and mastering the, the service side of the business, we want people out of the vehicles and leading and growing a team of people. So if I look at our first franchise, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, the first franchise partner is Paul Guy. He came in, did a million in revenue his first full calendar year. That came from six months in the trucks, understanding it, and then adding trucks and people and growing it. Today, he's doing over $12 million in revenue. He owns some other 1-800-GOT-JUNK franchises, and uh, it, it, it's been exciting. Now, you know, I know you, one of the questions you threw out was, do people work across multiple brands? We've done that. I'd say it's one of the biggest mistakes we've ever made. Dina Dwyer, who is a very well-respected leader in the industry and in franchising, we met with her in Waco, Texas recently, Eric and I, and we brought her back to a story of how we said, you know, when we were going to start You Move Me, and we said we were going to recruit our top 1-800-GOT-JUNK franchise partners and how you told us it was a bad idea. Well, we did it, and it was a bad idea. So we lost a lot of our 1-800-GOT-JUNK owners, not from 1-800-GOT-JUNK, but from You Move Me, because it's so difficult to focus on two things at once. It's difficult to, you take someone from the You Move Me truck and you put them in the 1-800-GOT-JUNK truck because you're short-staffed, and immediately they go, well, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, this is easier. I, I don't have to be careful with stuff and worry about breaking it. I just throw it into the truck, and when I get to the dump or the, land, or the recycling depots, I press a button and dump it out. Man, that's easy. I never want to work in the moving truck again. Plenty of reasons why it was a failure for us in bringing people in from other brands. We've tried it amongst all sorts of different brands, and it hasn't yet proven to really be a success. So our current thinking is, A, Dina Dwyer is an incredibly smart woman, and uh, I respect her, and she's a friend, and, and following her advice, and B, it's continuing to learn from the mistakes we make and, and recognizing that you know, you've got to try some new things. You've got to look at better ways, and you've got to be willing to take some risks. Yeah, and certainly uh, Dina would know. She's a dear friend as well and a friend of a franchise mm -hmm. today, having been with us you know, several times. And I remember a similar question I asked of Dina, just same, same, same point. You know, do you um, – you know, have franchisees across multiple brands. And she said, you know, we tried. No, it's not a good idea. And um, I guess, you know, philosophically, I was thinking about it and saying, why, why, why? But um, you two have obviously proven that out. So I'm going to take that to the bank. But from a consumer standpoint, obviously there are some synergies uh, across the different brands. I know what – Dina and Mike Bidwell and the team have been doing with their new uh, overarching brand called uh, Neighborly. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. you're doing uh, something along the same lines, going from ordinary to exceptional, which I think is just a, a, a great acronym of OTE. Um, so tell us a little bit about you know, how it does transcend um, customers from one brand to the next. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. We have nowhere, we have come nowhere close to figuring it out like Neighborly has. They, I think, have a lot of traction and momentum. For us, every time we've tried to talk to a customer who might be moving and we say, well, when someone moves, 90% of people move have junk, you might want to consider 1-800-GOT-JUNK. People want to focus on that one problem at a time and they don't seem to... Mm -hmm 
want to discuss some of the other things. It's not like going in McDonald's when someone says, oh, you know, the drive through window, would you like fries with that? Eh, yeah, sure. Okay. You know, it's a, a dollar decision. It's not a big stressful thing that you need to think about. Like, would you like your home painted? Well, uh, no, not right now. You know, so it's, it's been tough for us to figure out. We're still working on it. What we have seen on the positive side is organically people are using one brand and then realizing you, you guys are related to 1-800-GOT-JUNK. You guys are related to Wow One Day Painting. And they will call us up and use our other services, but when they're ready. And so they love the trust that they get knowing that they're a part of the O2E Brands family, but it's happening by accident more than it is actually in a, in a planful way. Sure. Exceptional insight. So what, who is the type of person that you're looking for for your franchisees? And, and, and I, I guess the part B to that question, are you looking for similar characteristics for each of the brands? Yeah, so to, a little bit of a recap on the four H's, we call it, happy, hungry, hungry hardworking, and hands-on. We would be looking for those types of people across all of our brands. So if someone's coming in for Shack Shine, it's the same profile as the people we had for early days of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. You want people that are happy because you can't take care of customers if you don't have people that are optimistic, positive types. You need to be hungry. You need to want the growth. We're not looking for investors who go, yeah, let me see if this works, this shack shine thing. We want people who are hands-on, who are going to be working the business, pounding the pavement, growing it, while we run the booking and dispatch from our sales center and, and do the back end for them. And uh, happy, hardworking, hands-on, and hungry. That's the, the secret recipe for us. We're very clear on the people that we're looking for. And when we find those people, we're generally successful. No one's perfect. We've had MBAs come in with all the training in the world and perfectly well-funded and they fail. We've had other people come in that had no money, that borrowed every last penny from their brother, and uh, they haven't had any experience, and they come in and they hit a, a massive home run. So it's a, it's a tough thing to get perfectly right, as every franchisor will know, but it's, it's being selective. We'll have 100 inquiries into 1-800-GOT-JUNK or WOW One Day Painting, and we will accept one person. So very selective. And could we do more deals? Could we let more people in? Of course. It just wouldn't be wise for the long term because we are only successful as a franchisor long term if our franchise partners are a success. Absolutely. So with, with that in mind, um, and I've heard what you said about, you know, six months on the truck and then working in the business um, and working on the business uh, thereafter. Does that mean or imply that you wouldn't accept somebody that wanted a multi-unit type of agreement up front, or do you have them go through that six-month process, then another six months, and then evaluate whether they're ready for multiple units? Yeah, we have a lot of multiple unit operators. They start off with one. Anyone that we've had start off with more has absolutely um, either fallen short of their own expectations or ultimately failed. And so we want someone mastering the art of whatever brand they've chosen and crawl before you walk, before you run. We have no problem someone mm -hmm. dialing it up quickly once they've proven themselves. But every time we've tried to go at it in a big way, just doesn't work for us. I guess, Brian, that, that, uh, that really shows that you're walking the talk. When people talk about your goals for the next five or 10 years, I've read that 10 brands by 2020, 2021 and a billion dollars in revenue um, is one goal, but the bigger goal is success. Success, as I think you've defined it, is more about people, family, and the journey and putting the right people in the right places at the right times for the right reasons. And my parting question as we approach the the wrap-up would be which of these brands are available to whom and where um, across the U.S. As you said, 1-800 is pretty much sold out. Um, so if those in the audience were interested in learning about opportunities that are available to them 
and in perhaps different regions with different brands. Tell us a little bit about how the U.S. landscape is looking right now for opportunity within your company. Yeah, we are, we've got opportunities scattered all over the United States and Canada across all brands other than 1-800-GOT-JUNK. We, we love when people do their research and take their time to really figure out what's the right, right brand for them, are they connected with our culture and our story? You know, the best thing someone can do is read our WTF book so they can go, is this the right company, the right brand and culture for me? Because when someone comes through the front door and says, like, you know, hey, I've done my research. I understand what you guys are about. This is what I bring to the table. We're, we're both on both sides much better prepared for success. I think in terms of the landscape, what's available, you could pick any city in the United States and there's likely something available there, uh, at least uh, if not one franchise, perhaps multiple depending on the neighborhood. But it's interesting, you know, the point that you brought up that resonates most with me when you say, you know, what we have a goal of getting to a billion. I would rather get to half a billion and have incredibly excited, grateful, happy entrepreneurs who have loved the journey that they're building and continue to build than to get to a billion and have things be stressful, not working, uh, disgruntled franchise owners. So while we throw numbers out there, it's not about the money. It's a benchmark of measuring the success that we want to have in this world. But what's really most important is finding the right people, treating them right, and having shared mutual success. Well, you know, we open the program every week with those questions that are common denominators for each of our guests. How did franchising find you? I like to close our interviews with the same question as well, and that one always is this. Is there anything that Paul or I should have asked you that we didn't that you wished we did? Is there anything you want to share with us as a Last thought before we tell the audience how you can be found uh, to learn more about the brands. I think the, the one question I didn't hear you ask, which is probably one of the most common questions I get asked, is what would you change in 29 years looking back? What's the one thing you wish you did differently? And the answer has always been the same, nothing. I needed to make every mistake. We needed to make every mistake we made in order to learn and to get to a better place. There's plenty of down moments in the, the business life cycle that we've had, and there will be more, I'm sure. But when something doesn't go as planned or we feel like a failure, every single time looking back over 29 years, personally and professionally, I go, wow, am I, are we ever in a better place today because of that learning, that moment that at the time seemed very difficult. So, yeah, I think you guys ask great questions. And, and Paul and Stan, I appreciate you having me on your, your show. Uh, ton of fun. You got great energy and passion. And I can tell you're very connected to the roots of this industry of franchising. And uh, I think the whole audience and myself are, are lucky to have you share nine years worth of all the learning that you've received in, uh, in this space. So thank you. Well, I'm happy that we share a common friend and a guy named and a guy named Josh York who, who told me that we needed to have you on. And I, you know, I, I know nobody will rival Josh when it comes to energy, but I challenge anybody to rival you when it comes to passion and <laughs> sincerity and empathy. Yeah, um, you're too kind. Agree. So nice. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate it, and I love what I do, and I'm I'm blessed to be one of those guys that loves every moment of the of the journey. Well, thank you again for joining us. You want to tell the audience how they can find you and learn more about your opportunities? Sure. O2E Brands, letter O, number two, letter E, brands.com. You could Google Brian Scudamore, Google any of our brands. Google's got all the answers, and uh, we're pretty easy to find. So I uh, look forward to connecting with anyone that uh, decides to get in touch. Well, thank you again. Can't thank you enough for sharing so much and so many pearls of wisdom with the audience today. Brian, appreciate you being with us on Franchise Today. Awesome. Yes, Thanks, Brian. guys. Thank you Enjoy very much. Uh, the rest of your day. Thank you. All right. We'll do. Thanks, you guys.
You know, Stan. Bye bye. You know, Stan. When I uh, was preparing for the show and and developing the uh, the show and titling it, uh, I titled it "Wow, Got Success." Well, <laughs> I think the answer is you bet. <laughs> you yeah. bet. Nice. Yeah, I love that. That was nicely the title done. Of his, yeah, I, I love the title of of his book coming out. I can't wait to get it. You know, WTF? Obviously, it it, it could mean a lot. Um, a, a lot of different things, and WTF would be in in, in the way, in the in the rude way, uh, I, I guess to put it, that's out there. Uh, I thought it might be a book by Gary Vaynerchuk uh, because he's got some <laughs> uh, some great titles like that. And then yeah. I thought WTF, you know, when to franchise? Uh, I thought, <laughs> but then I love you know um, the way that that Brian explained it, and I love the passion. Uh, behind it, I mean, yes, you you have to fail. I was also intrigued, obviously, having attended uh, some of the uh, uh, classes and and sessions and programs with. Um, um, oh God! All of a sudden, my mind um, went blank. Um, the success company of Dan Sullivan out on the uh, out in Toronto, mm-hmm. Canada. I mean, just just unbelievable. Uh, program and I could hear it. I mean, this 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 gentleman Brian is is definitely a, a disciple of of a lot of what that program is about, and it's a great entrepreneurship program. I think too that we learned. You know, that he knows his bounds. He knows what makes him tick, and yep. he knows where his weaknesses and strengths are. We didn't get to talk about it, but I read somewhere, or I remember reading or hearing about how he's taken his, his work week and broken it down. And Monday's his think day and Friday is his free day. And he gets to leave white space, you know, so that his mind can absorb yeah. the things that are, you know, sometimes you're not on the fly able to stop and think more deeply about kind of like too much rain coming down in a hurry. You don't absorb it. And, and knowing where his strengths are and giving himself the room to find the space to further develop great ideas. And another thing he talked about in an interview that I heard elsewhere was the Walt Disney mantra about hiring attitude and training the skill, getting like-minded people right. into the, into the boat. Um, and you know, he learned the hard way, but he bounced back and brought a whole new team of people into a young company and continued to take it to places that others never would have been able to go to once, much less start wrong and, and pick up and go again. Um, I think anybody who affiliates with this company, Paul, as a franchisee of any of these brands or lucky enough to live in an area where they could work for and be a part of this uh, culture, you know, they're all going to be richer for the experience. Absolutely. So, yeah, I remember the name now, Strategic Coach Wyatt was right there. There you go. (laughs) And that's exactly, I mean, the fact that he didn't attend the sessions but read the books and spent time with Dan, I mean, you know, this, you know, clearing up white time, uh, white space in your schedule, free time. I mean, it's a lot of the things that I was introduced yep. to when I was the interim CEO over at the Entrepreneur Source with, with Terry Powell several years back. I mean, it's a great program. Great program. It was a great interview today. Uh, look for Brian's book on Amazon next week, uh, WTF. Until next week, my name is Paul Segreto, wishing you the best, the very best in this great, great thing we call franchising. Franchise Today is out. (laughs) Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Or lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion likes that pilot life under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire from a single to a multi-unit empire? Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear and streaming in HD to find two both your ears, and Stan and Paul lays down the law. Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor, it's all about sustainable growth, the sensible franchising, proven concepts, the smart enterprises. So use your left and right side of your brain and absorb this knowledge here of franchising today. Huh, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising today, sustainable growth. 
sustainable franchising. Franchise today. Sustainable growth. Sustainable franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.